Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. And welcome in, everybody, to Scout's Eye on Football for this Wednesday, February 24th. Great to be with you, uh, as always, as we try to do this. We've got a double dip today. Uh, Again, sometimes I have to do this, and this may happen a little bit with the scouting schedule, with the lack of a combine and having to get out a little bit. We're going to do Landry Football Podcast right after this live. So we're going to have a double dip scout's eye and then come right back right after this with the Landry Football Podcast, which we normally do. And we like to try to keep it for 9 a.m. Central Time on Thursdays. but. got a conflict tomorrow. So we're going to get that done today. Uh, we've got a few things on the agenda. We're going to take your comments, um, over in uh, the three. Um, so, uh, you got any questions now, the times do it. Uh, when I do a show solo, got a little bit more, uh, ability to kind of interact with you a little more. Um, so if you've got a question, bring it on, we'll get to it. A few things I want to, get to today. I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, the, the free agency period. And we're going to get into kind of understanding tags, understanding free agency, understanding uh, the process, understanding um, the salary cap and restricted free agents, uh, unrestricted free agents. Um, and we're going to get kind of the do's and don'ts of kind of free agency that you need to know as we're entering into the new league calendar year in the NFL. As you know, we cover college and pro football here uh, for the latest news and notes, and we'll certainly try to bring you a lot of that, but there's so much stuff going on. As I said, there's probably more news information going on uh, this time of year than any other time. You want to check out LandryFootball.com to get all the latest uh, in our notebooks every day, what's going on around the college game, the pro, the college game, recruiting, transfer portal, um, things of that nature, uh, as well as some draft room nuggets on players that may be some of your favorite players that you follow uh, in college football. We've got that for you. Over in the NFL notebook, it's littered with a lot of information regarding um, free agent news, upcoming um, re-signings, tags, not tags, any personnel moves that involves any of those things that involves this time of year, the business season. Um, it's certainly some draft information as well. 
but we we certainly try to keep it to where you can get a good feel and find it. You want to find something about your team, you can find it over on the left side um, where you can pull up your favorite college team, pro team. It's by conference, by divisions in the NFL, and you can uh, find your way and get to what it is that you want. But we also got, uh, outside of the notebooks, um, a lot of stuff being done. We are putting together our, what we like to call our off-season strategy, scouting season strategy, um, look at each team, their needs, uh, key personnel that's uh, coming up for free agency. We've got um, possible targets, salary cap uh, information with regards to um, those players uh, and kind of where their status is. So we've got a team-by-team look that we'll take you through each team-by-team. Also taking you position-by-position, the free agent board, uh, what it looks like. You know, the free agent board's different in that you you start with the list of players that you have on there, how you've got them graded, and then you pull them off. Um, You know, you know, and we're going to talk about him here in a second, Dak Prescott's not going to be a free agent, but – um, you know, certainly you, you, are aware of the fact that, you know, he is someone that is without a contract, a long-term contract. He's either going to be tagged or signed, but you don't assume anything when you're not inside that building. So you evaluate a player regardless. And so that it is very easy to manipulate your board, take a guy off, put a guy on. It's you want to make sure that you are prepared to strike on a player. If he out of the blue becomes available from a free agent standpoint or a because he's released or from a trade standpoint, if somebody calls you and say, would you be interested in so-and-so things that are really important to keep in mind as you put these boards together. They are going to fluctuate. And so when we put our boards, it's a constant juggling because J.J. Watt's not on the board initially. Now he's on the board. There's different types of free agents. Obviously, guys whose contract are up in a couple of weeks, which the start of the league year, by the way, if you want to have the exact date, is March 17th. But then you have guys that are released, and if they don't have to clear waivers, they're available. So you've got – street free agents, regular free agents. So we'll keep you up to date on all of that as we always do. We've done this for several years now, uh, basically taking the concept that we do, obviously for teams, um, you know, we try to provide that information to you as well. On the college side, it is a lot about transfers. And and uh, I have got coming up here that, the, the best available players uh, in the transfer portal, college free agency, if you will. Um, you know, we'll keep you up to date on the status of those as well as the class of 2023 recruiting. That's the one thing you used to put recruiting to bed and you just, it was a slow build towards the next year. Now it's a constant multiple classes being recruited at the same time, which with early enrollees and transfer portals it's again a constant shuffle there so a lot of information the 
for you, LandryFootball.com. If you're not yet a member, what are you waiting for? Hey, uh, join us there. Um, take advantage of the scouting season offer. You'll get all of that plus much more. So the latest news, if you haven't heard, uh, what we thought was going to take place has been kind of made official when the owner basically comes out and says it. Uh, we make it official. And by the way, we invite your comments and questions. I see Tony Finn joining us. Thank you, Tony. Going to get to it in a second. Um, but Art Rooney Jr. has met with Big Ben Roethlisberger. He is going to remain with the team. You know, so people kind of wondering, how do you deal with a situation like that? Well, let's kind of go back and look at Big Ben's situation. Um, obviously, both sides have hinted to the fact that, you know, contracts are made and they're usually put what we call with they're backloaded to where basically it triggers a renegotiation. There's no way Big Ben was going to stay on this contract this year. People say, well, he's got another year in this contract. No, he doesn't. He does. But that's not a contract that they're going to be able to pay him, particularly in this year's cap environment. So you're going to have to restructure the deal or you're going to have to part ways. And I think we heard early on Big Ben alluded to the fact that, yeah, I understand that I'm going to have to renegotiate. I want to still be here, yada, yada, yada. And so um, we saw Kevin Colbert last week allude to the fact that Big Ben's on our on our team as of now, and we certainly have to look at all options and look at the situation. It was put in a way of we have to wait and see. We have to see where things are with the idea that you can't fully commit because you you can't say for certain that he is going to agree to a restructured deal into what that amount's going to be. So with that in mind, you don't know for 100% certain. And so you don't want to box yourself in. But you know, usually when you get a situation like this, oftentimes, I shouldn't say usual, but oftentimes you, the owner will come involved. The owner will sit down with the player and, and they'll have a heart-to-heart about what the future is and where things are likely going to be headed. Um, Big Ben is going to be back in Pittsburgh. Uh, it has not been restructured. It will be restructured, the contract, the length, the amount of money up front to be determined, but again, he's not scheduled to be a free agent. He's just one of those guys that if he said, no, I'm, I want to go somewhere else, or um, I want such and such, he knows that on the market, he's not as good as his overall career has been. He's been an outstanding quarterback, but he's not playing at his very best now, and he doesn't warrant his highest pay of his career at this point. So it's not like he's going to go somewhere else or wants to go somewhere else. He wants to finish there. They want him to finish there at the right price. I think what's interesting is how they handle the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh going forward. Big Ben is not the future. I do think if they're able to, and I think uh, Juju Smith-Huster, another top free agent for them, um, I think wants to be back in Pittsburgh. We'll see. That's less certain that he'll be back. We'll see what they can do, but but fixing kind of what ails that team in certain areas 
and make another run with Big Ben. Because I do think that, you know, Big Ben, if you watched him play this year, you know, the ability to go downfield is not there, limitations. But if you play better around him, you know, you can be good good enough to go the distance, probably not. Made the playoffs last year. Could you go a little further? I think, yeah, I think there's a reason to think with a better structure, shorter-term deal, you can move forward. And, again, the contract may be structured for, like, three years, even though it may only be for one year, um, to, to allocate the money on the cap. I, I think that what they need to do is figure out the quarterback of the future. I don't think the quarterback of the future is on the roster, personally. Um, I think they've got to figure that out. I think they've got to probably pair them with big Ben. And I think, you know, grooming that young guy is going to be important. Can they find that guy? Do they have that right guy? If you look at where they're, um, drafted, I'm not sure that that is going to be the right fit, but we'll see at some point in this draft, he's going to be back. The Dak Prescott situation is something that people have asked me a bunch about. Um, how do you go about dealing with this? And look, this is a tough situation. You know, I mean, my answer is not to be flippant is I wouldn't have allowed myself to be in this situation. I've said it before. I'm repeating myself for some of you that have heard it, but the key is to be able to identify what you have. So when Dak Prescott was having early success, the key would be to get him under a contract. Remember, the longer you take to do a contract, the more expensive it's going to be. Oh, but what if he doesn't turn out to be a really good player? You know, you didn't know what you had. If you don't know what you have after a couple of years, you don't know how to evaluate. If you can't evaluate within your building, boy, you're in real trouble. You've got to be able to identify, look, this guy has the goods. We don't know if he's going to be great. You don't ever know how great a guy's going to be, but potential's there to be really good. Get the deal done. You could have gotten it done for far less, 28, 32 million years ago. And if it didn't work out the way it structured, you could have moved on from him by now. Let's say he wouldn't have developed, have developed, and let's say he wasn't the type of player that you wanted to keep. You could move on from him. Now what they're having to do is they've given all the leverage to Dak, and so now they're in a between a rock and a hard place, to say the least. <clears throat> now, no one could anticipate COVID, but that's just complicated matters even more. The cap is lower this year, so you've got a – player that you've tagged last year that Dallas does not want to tag this year. If they have to tag him, they're in trouble. I mean, they really are in cap jail. They want to get him signed a long-term deal, but Dak has to agree to a long-term deal. So the money is going to be what Dak wants. It's going to be the length that Dak wants. And if Dak doesn't want it, he'll just play under the tag number, make a ton of money. He will have made, what, like $64 million or something in two years, and he can have a bite at the apple and become a free agent next year and go anywhere he wants. 
Dallas or anywhere else. I mean, you know, so that, how do you deal with it right now? There's not a whole lot you can do. I think the one thing you can try to do is add some more years to the deal. You can try the best you can to get as many uh, talks about, you know, committing long-term and doing it because that's going to allow you to prorate the money. The shorter the deal, the more the cap hit's going to be on on each year. So it's a tough situation, and it's probably the most intriguing, one of the most intriguing off-season storylines as to does that get done. The contract, I'm just going to warn you, if they get a long-term deal done with him, the contract's going to be staggering, and that's going to be the topic for an entire week is, is, the, is Dak Prescott worth fill-in-the-blank? It's not, it's not about what he's worth. It's Dallas has put them in themselves in the situation where they don't have another option. They've given them all the leverage. And so he's going to get paid probably more, definitely more than he should have gotten paid had they handled this correctly. So, you know, people will say, well, again, you say that Chris, but you know, if you do that, aren't you taking a risk? Signing them earlier, yeah, you, you take risk anytime, but the, you mitigate the risk by signing them sooner. You've got them locked up, one. Two, you can move on from him with a less cap outlay. And and if, if the guy doesn't want to do a deal after a couple of years, well, then you can bring another guy then and say, look, if you can't commit to us, we have to, you know, plan accordingly. So – you know, Dallas has no excuse in this regard that you either knew what you had in Dak and you, you hit your wagon to them or you have another plan and they don't have a plan B. Uh, Andy Dalton's not a plan B. Andy Dalton's a backup quarterback that's going to be on the market again this year and is going to sign in a role that can be functional. You have to play extremely well around him. It's just. So it is a it is a very difficult situation. Um, how do you start a free agent list? How does the the season affect how you start your free agent list? So as we got the list up on Landry Football, we've got the tiers. But remember, <clears throat> beware of the list, and I have them in tiers. It's the best I can do. I could put, and I do this if you read all the stuff we do with the teams, where is the better fit? So when you put a list together, I thought about putting multiple boards, but but if you put 32 boards up, draft boards or free agent boards, it, it's too cumbersome and it's hard for people to follow. But when you do one board, there's no such thing. There are 32 different free agent boards, and draft boards. Uh, yeah, they got the same names, but in the different orders and they prioritize different. So each NFL team has their pro personnel department, which evaluates NFL players all throughout the year. You do it for a number of reasons. You get uh, detailed information on every player. It helps with the preparation 
uh, aiding your advanced scout to get ready for a team that you play um, during the year, but you evaluate and you've, you've got a number of guys that do this. You break down the league and then you kind of cross over where you're evaluating every player and you have scouting reports on every player in the league. You also have <clears throat> salary information, which you can get through the league office, through the NFLPA, that's accessible. You have that in there. Medical information is difficult because you don't know. You you put medical information in there. A player misses X amount of games with a left knee, whatever is reported, you put it in there. But you don't know definitively what happened because you're not in that building. Just like no one knows exactly what's going on with your player's injury because you try to keep that a little secret, lower body injury, whatever. But you keep all of that a dossier on every player. And you study, you know, obviously, who's scheduled to be a free agent. You try to anticipate the market. At the end of the season, the first thing you do is evaluate your team, which your priority. Who do you like? Who do you feel you need to keep? who you feel you could do without, who you feel like is not worth the money that you're paying them, and you make those decisions. Then you evaluate, you get the coaches and other folks involved other than the pro personnel department involved with evaluating how players in the league that could be potential free agents, how could they fit with you? Any coaches that that you have, that are familiar with any of these players, maybe have coached them before, what have you, can add some insight how they might fit, not fit. You look at the salary cap ramifications, make the potential um, assessment of how that might fit and what the what he might get on the market. And then you have a set money of what you want to spend on that certain player. You have a budget. You don't go over that budget. You start going over that budget, then what you end up doing is you're chasing. This is not a church fair. You end up chasing and not getting value for it, and then you don't have a really good roster because you've overpaid, and you overpay this, you overpay that, and then you've got something. You, you got a problem. You got a real problem in the locker room. You got a real problem in production. But that's how you create it. You create it. Basically, it's an all-year process that you begin to put. Now, you take guys off if they resign and so on and so forth, as I mentioned. So you tend to look at it that way. Then you got your free agent list, and then you work off of that. Um, you have to be careful, and I'm going to get into that next hour, on how you go about approaching certain players understanding the salary structure of your team at the position, how that's going to have an effect. Um, understanding that the worst teams are going to try to not make splashes, but they've got the maybe in many cases, the most money. So they're going to overspend to try to be somewhat competitive initially. So that drives the price off. So players worth five, somebody might pay them eight because they really want them. You're going to sit there and match the eight just to get them. So now if you paid a player worth five, eight, would you play the guy worth eight? And would you put And then you see where I'm going. This is where you got problems and people 
uh, have an issue. You're better off getting better value on the second wave of free agency because what happens from a player standpoint is, look, the league year starts, as I mentioned, on the, um, what did I say, the 17th, 17th. Players can re-sign with their team. Some of them will. Most of them will, this close to testing the market, are going to try to test the market. And it'll go from there. So, you see, let the market set where you are. And you often tell players, look, this is what we can, my players, this is what we can pay you. This is what your value is. Um, it, it, it It's not in any disrespectful way, but this is what we can afford to pay you. Look, if you can get more than that, we understand that. Go out, see what the market bears. Come back to us. If you don't get what you want, come back to us, and we can talk. Um, I, You know, I, I, I'm never, you know, I'm not, I was never what you'd call a shrewd negotiator in this regard. You don't win by saving a dollar. You don't win by, you know, everybody just, it's like, well, I'm going to get, I'm, see if I can, you know, take advantage here. It's, it's never been what it's all about in my mind. It's about putting the best team together and understanding, being honest, communicating that to a player. How does he fit? Where does he fit? And then making that offer. And, and I think standing with it and, and you look, I mean, you will make an offer. You'll make a trade offer. It's like when I do trades. Well, I mean, if a trade is going to be, if I think the value of a certain trade is a mid-second round pick and I'm doing the trade and I want and I'm going to make the trade and I'm going to be giving up a pick, I'm probably going to start with a four, work a three, maybe try to work a four. And I mean, I you know, maybe I've got an extra four and a seven. I may try to do that. But I kind of know what the value is a little bit, and then, you know, I walk away. But but I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, I'm going to give you a fifth. You know, they're not going to take you seriously. You're not going to be able to do deals that way. you got to be able to do deals in this league. And, you look, I, I'm, I didn't want people to waste my time, and I don't want to waste their time. Same thing when you're doing a contract. You know, you know the market. The agent knows the market. That's why they have agents. So, look, you, you, it's pretty simple to kind of get a deal done if you know how to do deals. Um, you know, people say all the time by cap room, creating cap room. Well, you can create cap room. Creating cap room's the easiest thing to do. Easy to do. I, I don't know that it's smart. Long range, it's not. But you can create cap room. You restructure deals. It's like it's the credit card theory, right? You can go buy something, put it on the credit card. And if you've got, you know, and, and here's the thing: this is credit cards with no limits. You know, when they can, you can, you can pay up front. These guys got a lot of money in the league, and you go ahead and you you prorate it, convert salary into a roster bonus, salary into a signing bonus, prorate that, 
You know, you can you can push the payments back and back and back. Eventually, they come to, <clears throat> and then you're going to have to work through it. At some point, you do. Maybe now, but a lot of people get fooled by that. Well, how do they always create room? Very easy to do. Very easy to do. It's just if you do it, it's going to create other problems. Um, and I don't. I think people understand there's a salary cap. People understand that there, um, you know, there's, um, uh, you know, how th- there are certain restrictions, there's tags. They understand the overall, that, but the minutia of it becomes a little, they just don't delve into that. They don't like that part of the game, but it's, a, it's very much a strategic part of the game. So, uh, I think that's really important. We're going to get into some of the free agents. Going to take your questions. Tony says, uh, morning, Chris. Love the show. Appreciate you, Tony, joining us. Wondering uh, your thoughts are where J.J. White will land and can he still be productive? Um, I think there's – look out for Buffalo. Look out maybe for Cleveland. Look for teams that are contenders. Um, teams that are close where he has a chance to compete for a, a championship. He can still be productive. Yes. Um, not as many snaps, but he can be productive. He's versatile. He can play along the, the line of scrimmage very effectively. Um, if you look at his ability to line up in multiple spots, he really plays a number of different roles for you. The key is, can he stay healthy? That's a big key. So you're going to want to incentivize the deal games played and certainly production beyond that snaps. I mean, you can do that. He gets more money. And so the greater the production, the greater the money. And I think he's going to be willing to do that. Um, Is he as valuable as a guy that's going to give you, you know, 600 snaps a year? No, of course not. But you have to know that going in. So you can't – everyone likes to compare. But one of the things you got to do is compare and contrast and understand that you're getting different things. So getting a guy that's going to give you uh, a a whole lot more snaps – is going and is younger is going to be worth more in his next contract. A guy like JJ Watt is going to be a guy that you just want to do the opposite, and that is incentivize the deal, play him situationally. I think you have to be in a situation where you're a team that's competitive, a team that's close, and a team that can spot play a guy. Um, a team that can get a guy in certain situations, third downs, and get him ready from monitoring the practices, getting him ready for the playoff stretch run. That's that's what you want to do with him, and I think you can do that. Um, also, what was your evaluation of Bernie Kozar coming out of the supplemental draft? Well, Bernie was very advanced coming out of Miami. Very cerebral, 
very good leader, very accurate, um, had a very unusual delivery. Um, but he was a winner. He was a leader in, in a, in today's game would not nearly be very effective, nearly as effective. Um, the pocket guy can still be effective to a point, but you know, the, the ability in the, look, I, and I, I shouldn't, I mean, let me rephrase it. Cause I think Bernie could be successful. I don't think he would be as successful. I think today in the spread system where you like to have quarterbacks have the ability to throw off platform, Bernie cannot do that. Bernie was a guy that, you know, could get the ball out quickly. He could diagnose quickly. He was a leader. He was a winner. Uh, he was accurate. But those teams that he played under, you know, for in Cleveland were built around the run game. I know we had him, you know, uh, in Cleveland, and and he was a guy that um, that could absorb a game plan about as good as anybody, as quickly as anybody. Uh, but there were physical limitations to his game. That that was um, that was quite interesting. I I tell you, one of the great stories about Bernie was when he signed with the Cowboys when Aikman got hurt. Norv Turner, he signed him in, brought him in on a Tuesday. He absorbed the entire playbook. I mean, he had it down um, in a crash course to where, and this was this was a cowboy team that was poised to, to win and compete under Jimmy Johnson. Just an unbelievable, unbelievable job. Um, so I think those things are part of the game that maybe gets lost a little bit in terms of, um, you know, I think people understand smarts and intelligence, but being able to absorb and pick things up, the game has become a little bit more physical, a little bit more relying on athletic traits of quarterbacks, and it probably would would have an effect on a guy like him. All right, so getting back and kind of wrapping – We'll take you any more questions that you have out there uh, on free agency or anything else, college, NFL, whatever, whatever you want to get into. A couple of things about the tags, which, you know, I know some have said, well, what happened yesterday? It was the first tag day. I haven't heard it. Tomorrow's the first day. You can go through the, um, uh, the um, March 9th on the tags. So don't look for a groundswell. Uh, there's going to be some negotiations with players. The ninth is the deadline. You'll see some, and people say, well, why don't you just wait to the end? Well, some people do. Depends on how the negotiations are going. If the negotiations with the player on a long-term deal are ongoing, you're going to use that as leverage that, well, we'll put the tag on you. If you, we can't do a deal, that's what our plan. We don't want to lose you. You mean that much to us. Um, but if the negotiation is not going well, sometimes you just get it out of the way and you say, well, we'll go ahead and put the tag on you now. Um, here's the issue that I think needs to be aware of when it comes to um, 
the tag number. So the tag number will um, basically <laughs> identify, <clears throat> pardon me, what you think the player's worth is. So, for example, this year's cap number, and I'm going to base it off of um, $180 million. So let's take a look at the cap number. Um, let's look at the tags here for a second. I want to make sure I get it in my notes. The tag number for each position uh, is based upon the overall uh, numbers, which, by the way, are not going to be done um, until we get the entire forensic accountants done with the cap. So if we look at um, the potential tag guys, uh, I've got uh, up on. So let's say you've got a $15.4 million cap number for corners. Um, if you put that tag there, then what happens with that is you're basically saying that's what the guy is worth per year, or at least that's how the agent's going to play it out. So that becomes a problem. When you do a deal, they're going to want a deal that's worth an average of that tag number. Why? Well, you said if we're worth that, then you're worth that every year. That's where I think sometimes the problems come in. And it, it it sets a a bad tone in the negotiation. So if you're a quarterback, it's 24.8, you put the tag on a guy. You don't put a tag on a guy unless you're at least prepared to pay an average of that. And in some cases, you're going to pay a lot more. Dak, because he's tagged a second time, there's a large percentage over and above that. So it becomes very, very problematic to try to do a deal by putting a tag on a guy and then turning around and doing a long-term deal, but you can do it. It's it's if you put a tag on a player, it does not mean you can't continue to uh, evaluate with the player and the agent, of course, and then get a deal done. It's just, um, it's a way to assure that you get them. The top guys that I am curious to see how they play out. Uh, the bucks have a few guys, Shaq Barrett, Chris Godwin, um, I think Allen Robinson of the Bears is one to keep an eye out on. I think Justin Simmons of the Broncos, I think, is going to stay with the Broncos. Aaron Jones, I think, will get some play. Veteran running backs really good at the Packers. Anthony Harris of the Vikings, I think, is going to get a lot of play. Um, curious to see if maybe Kenny Galladay, if maybe the Rams are maybe make a run at him, reunite him with Matthew Stafford. Um, Leonard Williams of the Giants. Hunter Henry is going to get some play. I'm curious to see how exactly how much. Um, so, you know, I think Juju Smith-Schuster, we mentioned, the Steelers wants to stay there. Uh, we'll see if that plays out. Levante David. The Bucks have some decisions to make. Uh, they're a team that, you know, most are going to say, well, let's keep it together. One, let's make another run. They're going to be had some tough decisions. So they've got Levante David. You've got Chris Godwin. You've got Shaq Barrett. You've got one tag you can use if you choose to. So it makes it more imperative that you get a deal done. 
the priority is the pass rusher. If they lose the pass rusher, then they've got to replace him. Uh, won't be able to replace him with one of equal value. We'll have to go to the draft. Um, Levante David is a value, as is Chris Godwin. So they've got to obviously figure out and try to get these deals done as best they can. Marcus Williams of the Saints is another guy to be on the lookout for. The safety's got really uh, good coverage skills. Thinks very underrated. Melvin Ingram of the Chargers. Uh, Corey Lindsey, the center of the Packers, is really good. There's some intriguing guys there. For the complete list by position and the complete list overall, check out LandryFootball.com as we put the free agent boards up. One of the things as we head out the door is, and we're going to flip on over to the Landry Football Podcast here in a second, um, is we're going to do that today instead of tomorrow, is you do combine evaluations of players in free agency compared to the guys in the draft and where's greater value. The draft is more important than ever. People have it backwards. Free agency in most people's mind, well, that's another way to get better. It is, but it's mostly bad value. Uh, well, but those guys have played in the league, you know what they are. Yes. And that's why their teams have decided they can't sign them. Well, they've got a, a number of guys in. Yes, there is. And you can find good players. You can you can also develop them. You can also draft them. And the best way to build your team is through the draft and to keep your own players and save money for your own players. You know, it's the one thing that's comical. Drafting your players, developing your players, and then signing your players is not considered big in NFL free agency in the media world. It's, when you go make a splash and sign someone yet very few people win by going and make splash signings, signing key pieces here, there very important. It could put you over the top. It's a, it's a real pivotal factor. Use free agency, understand free agency, understand the pitfalls, understand how you can go down a path and um, have a team with a high salary outlay with very little production you can the bad teams do that the bad teams struggle uh quick fixes buyer beware um signing a player to change the culture signing a player and think your culture is going to change them is risky can work more often than not it doesn't but those are all things that you have to factor in into the um the process of free agency. So again, check out all the free agent um, boards by position overall uh, team by team analysis. We're working on that. And certainly we're working on the draft boards, draft scouting reports as well, getting that out for you uh, coming up. I'm going to get, take a couple of minutes here and at the top of the hour, we're going to jump back on and talk about uh, a little bit more about free agency, understanding the tags, understanding a little bit more about salary cap, where we are. Um, and we see Rich Stone in there. Rich, we, sorry you got in a little late. Check us on the next hour here as we're running out for this show. Um, uh, we'll get to understanding the tags and the salary cap and understanding restricted free agents, and we'll go into some of the do's and don'ts. So, 
as we get into the free agency period, we want to get you prepared for it and a better understanding of the process of free agency. And uh, we'll keep you up to date over at LandryFootball.com. We will be back next week for another edition of Scout's Eye on College and Pro Football. And again, top of the hour, join us again for the Landry Football Podcast as we're going to do it a day earlier this week uh, due to some conflicts in schedule. Appreciate you. Talk to you in a little bit. Top of the hour. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.